Welcome to the first podcast in this series, Parliament Explained. I'm Mira Sayal, and over the course of this series, I'll be exploring exactly what happens in Parliament. Yes, that big building on the River Thames. Now, you've probably seen a House of Commons debate on the news or read an article about the House of Lords in the papers, but what actually goes on in Parliament? I'll be finding out about the people, the processes, and also the ways that the public can participate in Parliament's work. We'll start in our first episode by looking at the relationship between Parliament and the government and the difference in their roles. I should say at the outset that this podcast isn't a party political broadcast, so we won't be discussing the pros and cons of government policy or expressing a view on any current issues. Instead, I'll try to give you an impartial overview of how and why things happen the way they do in Parliament and let you decide for yourself what's working well and what could be improved. Of course, to help explain certain features, there will be some real examples of events in Parliament, but I'll always try to present these in a politically neutral way. You can make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing on your podcast app. And you can always find extra resources or explanations online at www.parliament.uk. So, let's get started. I'm going to cover a few basics. Here's a seemingly straightforward question. What does the word Parliament mean to you? I asked a few willing members of the public. Parliament means government to me. Like the government thing. Government building? Uh, Well, instantly I think of Houses of Parliament and South Bank and people representing us and our political views. Just think of men in suits, someone making a lot of noise, not necessarily doing anything. A house where lots of old people talk about issues and vote on them, I guess. Uh, A bunch of bureaucrats not really in touch with a common man. Government, isn't it? I suppose the centre of democracy, or supposed to be, anyway, where our politicians argue their cases for trying to improve the country. Um, It's the place where all the MPs go to talk about government issues. Oh, God, I guess it's it's where MPs go to work. Uh, Where democracy is carried out. Uh, Collective people who are making decisions based on uh, views of the people. It's where politicians, members of parliament, they pass laws, scrutinise the government, um, hold them to account and provide a check and balance towards what they're doing. Interesting. So parliament means different things to different people. Some people talked about places or buildings, others about significant people or events. And that's no surprise, really. You probably came up with something different yourself. But actually, some of the words used here have more to do with the government than with Parliament. And there is a difference between the two. So let's talk to some experts and ask if they can explain for us the difference between Parliament and the government. Lynn Hobson and Gary Hart are regional outreach officers for the Houses of Parliament. Hello, I'm Gary Hart and my role is to deliver workshops, presentations, seminars to encourage people to find out a bit more about how the UK Parliament works and hopefully to engage a bit more. My name's Lynn Hobson and I've got a similar role to Gary but I work in the North East Yorkshire and the Humber and one of the most important things of my role is to encourage more people to get involved in the work of Parliament. So the government and parliament are not the same thing? That's right. Though people can confuse them because they both have an important role in making decisions that affect us. The government are the team of people who are officially in charge of running the country and they're led by the Prime Minister. 
So in simple terms, the government is responsible for deciding how the country is run and for managing things day to day. For example, they work out how much tax we need to pay and decide how to spend it. They're responsible for organising public services, like the NHS and our armed forces, and for literally keeping the lights on by making sure the UK has an energy supply. Nowadays, quite a lot of day-to-day -day decisions have been delegated to the devolved institutions in Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland. However, the UK government acts and speaks on behalf of the UK as a whole and represents us abroad. OK, but if the government are in charge of running the country, what's the point of Parliament? The government are responsible for running things, but they have to answer to Parliament. The government needs Parliament's agreement before they can do most things. For example, the government can't make new laws or raise new taxes without Parliament's approval. Parliament is there to represent our interests and make sure they're taken into account when decisions are made. So Parliament works on our behalf to make sure government policies and decisions are fair, workable and efficient. Who's in the government then and how did they end up there? We don't all vote to elect the Prime Minister, but how we vote in a general election does indirectly determine who's in government. General elections usually happen every five years in the UK. We all elect an MP to represent our local area and they do this by taking a seat in the House of Commons. Most MPs we elect are members of a political party. If a party wins more than half the seats, the majority of them, they're expected to form a government and serve until the next general election five years later. At the 2010 general election, none of the parties won more than half of the seats, which is unusual. In that case, two of the parties decided to work together and form a coalition government. Between them, they had enough MPs to be in the majority. The leader of the winning party is appointed as Prime Minister. They choose the team of people to work alongside them as Cabinet Ministers and Junior Ministers. These are usually other members of their party from the Commons or the House of Lords. It's this team of people that we call the government. They all still have seats in Parliament, but most of their work is done elsewhere, in government departments. Different government ministers are given specific responsibilities within a government department. For example, health, transport, business. There are around 100 ministerial posts that need to be filled when a new government is formed. Ministers in the Lords or Commons oversee teams of civil servants who do the practical and administrative work for each of these departments. Right, so the Prime Minister is usually the leader of the party with the most MPs in the Commons and they choose a team of government ministers from each house. But what about Parliament? Who is there to do Parliament's work of keeping the government in check? Parliament is all the MPs we elected as well as others who have been appointed and they sit in two separate houses, the House of Commons and the House of Lords. The House of Commons has 650 MPs, including all of those from the other parties who won seats, and those from the winning party who aren't on the government team. In the House of Lords, members are appointed mostly for life, and they've been chosen for professional achievements, skills, knowledge, experience, things they've accomplished in their previous careers. In the House of Lords, no party has a majority, and many members are non-party political. The UK Parliament, is bicameral, which means it has two chambers. And the House of Commons and the House of Lords have to agree when new laws are made. The third part of Parliament is the monarch, currently Queen Elizabeth II. Although the monarch is the head of state, his or her role in Parliament is now mainly ceremonial. 
The monarch is politically neutral, which means they don't support any political party and they don't get involved in day-to-day -day politics. The monarch has to formally sign off any new acts passed by both houses before they can become law and they officially open Parliament each year with the state opening ceremony in the House of Lords. It's also the monarch who formally invites the winning party leader to form a government after an election. So what does Parliament actually do to keep the government in check? The House of Commons and the House of Lords look closely at the government's plans and monitor the way it is running things. By questioning and challenging ministers, by checking or amending new laws before they're passed, by looking at government departments and specific issues raised by select committees possibly, and also raising our concerns in open debate. Parliament works on our behalf. It makes sure government decisions are open and transparent by questioning ministers in public and putting information in the public domain. They also make sure public money is spent wisely. Parliament checks government plans are workable and efficient. This is done by examining new proposals closely and suggesting improvements. Parliament checks government policy is fair and doesn't discriminate against anyone. For example, checking against equalities and human rights laws, speaking up on behalf of people who might be unfairly affected. Members of both houses can speak up for us if a government department or agency treats us unfairly. So remember, government is accountable to Parliament. Government ministers have to respond to questions asked by members of the House of Commons and members of the House of Lords. Government ministers are actually required to come to Parliament regularly. They answer questions, respond to issues raised in debates. They also have to keep both houses informed of important decisions their departments are making. So because government ministers regularly come to Parliament, you can see how the government is held to account for its actions. So, Parliament is there to represent us. But many of its members also represent a political party, and parties play a big part in how Parliament functions day to day. Let's look briefly now at how the main political parties organise themselves in each House. The second largest party in the House of Commons is called the Official Opposition. You'll see the Leader of the Opposition leading questions to the Prime Minister at Prime Minister's Question Time. The Leader of the Opposition also has a chosen team from their own party in both Houses, the House of Lords and the House of Commons. This team works in Parliament also and they are known as the Shadow Cabinet. This is because they shadow their opposite number in the Cabinet, taking ministerial positions as a shadow post. They take the lead in questioning them in the House of Lords and the House of Commons. These teams, the government and opposition teams, are called front benches because they sit in the front rows of benches facing each other when business takes place in the chambers. MPs and members of the House of Lords who aren't appointed as ministers or shadow spokespeople sit behind them and they're called backbenches. Backbenchers from all parties and in the Lords, the crossbenchers, can play an equally important role in checking and challenging the work of the government through their own questions and debates, and in particular, as members of select committees. We'll learn more about select committee inquiries in future episodes. But with MPs from all over the UK and members of the Lords from all kinds of professional backgrounds, how does a party manage to speak with one voice in Parliament? And most importantly, how can the government be sure of its majority in the Commons? This is where the whips come in. I'm going to ask our experts for their help again now to tell us more about the role that the whips play in each party. 
So, who or what are the Whips? Whips are MPs or members of the House of Lords who are appointed by each party. They help organise the party's contribution to the work of Parliament. They also make sure each party member knows when an important debate and voting is happening. They make sure that their backbenchers know if their party has a policy on a particular issue and they want them to vote in a particular way. Crossbench peers in the House of Lords don't have a party line, so to say. So their whips aren't the same as political parties. But these conveners carry out similar roles, passing information between the government and members and organising their contributions to the House. But the whips act as messengers in both directions. They are also relied upon to let the party leaders know the views of their backbenches, so that internal disagreements, arguments and party rebellions can be resolved or headed off. Whips carry out many day-to-day tasks, making sure their parties are well represented in debates and allocating office space to their MPs, amongst other things. Whips are important when MPs vote in the Commons. Numbers can be really close. Whips are the ones who make sure that as many of their MPs vote as possible and along party lines. They're also the tellers who confirm the count. Whips also have to make sure members attend debates in the Lords. Voting along party lines isn't enforced in the Lords. Most government departments have at least one minister in the Lords, but if they don't, the whips in the House of Lords act as spokespeople. This means the upper house can question the government as well. So, in the House of Lords, the whips' role is really about cross-party discussion and compromise. The government can't force its agenda through in the House of Lords. It has to find consensus. So the way whips corresponds with members. Every week, the whips' office sends round a document... It's also called the Whip. This outlines votes and debates in Parliament in the coming week and the way Whips work, they underline forthcoming debates in order of importance. So if a debate is underlined three times, this is called a three-line Whip and that's the most important. And this might be a vote on a, a vital stage of a bill, for example. Now, usually no MP will disobey the three-line Whip and all party members must show up for a three-line whip. And there have been examples in the past of MPs diving through the doors in the Commons chamber, uh, turning up in a hospital bed, because this is a really important aspect of the whips and MPs' correspondence. OK, so now we can start to see how people in the UK are represented in Parliament and how the work of our government is kept on track with rigorous debate and questioning. It's time to sum all this up. Parliament isn't just some big old building by the Thames. Parliament's role is to make laws, debate issues of the day, represent the views of people across the UK and to check and challenge the work of the government. It's made up of the House of Commons, whose members are elected by us at a general election, the House of Lords, whose members are appointed for their knowledge and experience, and the Monarch, whose role is mainly ceremonial these days. Inside the debating chambers, the big issues are discussed, new laws are made, and the Prime Minister and other government ministers are questioned. Away from the main chambers, a host of committees made up of small groups of parliamentarians scrutinise the work of government departments, check the details of new laws, look at major long-term issues, and ask experts and the public, that's you, for ideas and evidence to shape their inquiries. We'll cover this aspect of Parliament's work in more detail in later episodes. Representing the people, passing laws, debating issues and checking and challenging the work of the government, it's all in a day's work for Parliament. 
We're nearly at the end of our first episode. We've heard how the government has the responsibility to run the UK, but Parliament plays an important role in keeping the government in check as it does so. We've met staff who work for both the House of Commons and the House of Lords and found out about the role of the party whips in Parliament. Before I go, let's hear what happened when I asked our regional outreach officers, Lynn Hobson and Gary Hart, to compare notes. Lynn and I deliver workshops, presentations all over the UK and one of the most common questions I often get asked anyway is to explain the difference between the government and Parliament. The government consists of mainly MPs and some peers who've been chosen by the Prime Minister to run the various government departments. Parliament, on the other hand, consists of all those MPs from the governing party who haven't been chosen by the Prime Minister, as well as all those MPs on the opposition benches, and it's their role to question the government and hold the government to account. Often people are really surprised by the role of the House of Lords, that they actually can challenge and force amendments to go back to the House of Commons for revision. So their role is really important, as well as the House of Commons. People are often surprised as well about just how busy MPs and peers work. Um, People have preconceived ideas often about MPs and peers and what they actually do during the week. But when people come to engage with MPs and peers, they often discover just how busy and how hardworking MPs and peers can be. And we'll be back later in the series to discuss that in more detail. Well, that's it for our first episode of Parliament Explained. I hope you've enjoyed the programme. If you want to find out more about the UK Parliament, why not have a look for more information online at www.parliament.uk. That's where you can find out more about what's happening in the House of Commons and the House of Lords, as well as the history of Parliament and how to visit. If you'd like to hear Parliament in Action, you can hear the Prime Minister's Question Time podcast by searching for UK Parliament on SoundCloud. You can also follow Parliament on Facebook at UK Parliament and at at UK Parliament on Twitter. And if you have a specific question about the work, history or membership of Parliament, you can pick up the phone. The House of Commons Inquiry Service can be reached for free on 0800 4272. The House of Lords Inquiry Service is on 0800-223-0855, also free. Callers with a text phone can talk through text relay by calling 18001 followed by either of those full numbers. In our next episode, I'll get into the details of how it all works day to day. To make sure you never miss an episode, you can subscribe to the programme on your podcast app so that it downloads automatically every Monday. Thanks for listening. I'm Mira Sayal, and I'll catch you next time.